City Lights Church. Hello, I'm excited to be with you today. You already know this, but you have phenomenal, amazing, life-giving, dare I say, generational leaders as pastors. Pastors Jabin and Shannon, love you guys so, so much. I first met Pastor Jabin a bunch of years ago. I mean, gosh, you've probably known each other definitely over 10 years now. And the guy continues to be so filled with life, joy, purpose, strength. Shannon, we love you way more than we love Jabin, of course, because you're so life-giving, so creative, so smart. Thank you guys for being in our lives. Thank you, City Lights Church, for being who you are. I can't believe you're still under five years old and you're having the impact that you're having, not just in Las Vegas, but all over the world. Today is going to be a great day as we talk about shifting. Today's going to be a day where we go from being in one spot to going to another spot. Today's going to be a day where we are going to see God grab a hold of us and push us to a new level of strength and purpose and destiny. Today is going to be a day that you and I are going to leave here different, not just the same, different. A day where you and I are going to say, okay, I, I was once like this, but now I'm thinking like this. A, a shift in our mindset, a shift in our perspective, a, a, a shift in the way we even approach life. Dare I say a shift in the strategies that we maybe have with our marriages or with our kids or with our friendships. Maybe a shift in how we approach our job or how we approach the purpose and the plans that God has for our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay the same. I don't, want, I don't want to be the same person at the end of 2020 that I am right now. I don't want to be the same person uh, at the end of whatever season of life that God has me in. I want to make sure I'm sucking every ounce of life and strength out of it so I can become who he's calling me to be. And I know that's the same is true for you. Shift uh, means to change or, or exchange, uh, to, to move, to transfer or, or transformation. And, and you and I are are in a season of shift. I was thinking about this, though. I was thinking, I, I think it might be hardest to shift when you've had success. I, I, I was thinking, if things are going bad, then, then maybe you're more apt to shift. But, but if things are going well, like if things are going according to plan, why change anything? Why shift? Um, my wife was talking to me about Blockbuster uh, video, and some of you remember Blockbuster, all of you old people like me. We remember Blockbuster back in the day, and, and now Blockbuster is, you know, obsolete. I think there might be one standing store left, and it's more like a museum uh, than anything else. I think it's in the Pacific Northwest of the United States of America. Uh, but, but with that Blockbuster video store, that, this was a huge company at one point in time, and Netflix that most of us all know about now, and I pray for you if you were Netflix, Netflixing and chilling last night, was that awkward for you? I hope, I hope it wasn't too awkward. We're so glad you're here. Uh, so, so Netflix went to Blockbuster, and they said, hey, buy us. We're gonna, we will sell our company to you for $50 million. Netflix said this to Blockbuster. Blockbuster said, I'm sorry. We're having too much success. Things are going well. We don't need to get into that digital space. 
And little did they know, a few years later, Blockbuster would be bankrupt and Netflix would be bringing in billions of dollars. There's a whole other lesson there. Netflix actually almost sold themselves for way less than they were worth. But that's another message for another time. So with, with this success of, of Netflix and the demise of Blockbuster, I, it made me think about, about another, another uh, fantastic, fun thing from my childhood. Some of you, you, already, you, can, you can hear the cartridges. Atari. Caught that. Does anybody remember Atari? I mean, does anybody remember? I mean, this is before Fortnite and Call of Duty and all the killing your kids are doing. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it's before Smash Brothers. And it, it was before controllers had 38 different buttons on them. This is like one joystick. Come on. Anybody with me on this? One joystick. And one red button. Boom. 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 This is Pong. This is Space Invaders. This, this is back. This is Pac-Man, okay? Now, Atari, they were the big boy, the big girl on the block. They were the ones running everything. And I was reading one uh, story about them, and it talked about how, uh, how they, they stopped innovating. They stopped changing. They stopped getting better. They stopped shifting. And Nintendo came in and and Sega, some of y'all remember Sega, came in. And it took this massive company, Atari, and Atari just did not make the shift. They also made some other poor decisions, but they they didn't make the shift. As a matter of fact, 700,000 Atari cartridges and consoles, 700,000 of them were buried, are buried to this day in a landfill in New Mexico. They had so much inventory they could not get rid of. They had to actually bury that in the ground. They had so much success they couldn't shift. They had so many people patting them on the back. They couldn't shift because when you are successful, uh, you, you begin to get familiar with success and, and you get into a flow with success. You're like, yeah, I know how to do this. Yeah, uh, I, I feel this. Yeah, uh, I'm an expert now. And when you start getting in that flow, it's hard for somebody else to tell you, hey, there's a bump in the road coming. There's a bump in the road. You're like, oh, no, I'm so wonderful. I'm so awesome. I think so ahead that no bump in the road is ever going to mess with me. And then before you know it, you're thinking like the folks on the Titanic and you're not thinking innovative. You're not thinking sharp. You're not being led by the Spirit and you're being led by sight and by your flesh and you're not walking by the plans and the purposes of God in your life because many times God's like there's something coming up down the road dare I say this message that we're in today is God saying there's a shift there's a change I'm trying to take you someplace else I'm trying to grow you I'm trying to mature you but I need you to be willing to shift now when we think about success you tend to think of success like a business person or or maybe, a, uh, you know, whether they're single or they're married or you think about some parents uh, that you really admire, like, oh, they've been successful parents. Or maybe you think about uh, a company uh, is successful. But I started thinking about success and I thought, 
I thought you could also be a successful victim. I thought you could be so good at being a victim. Like you get in a flow. You get in a flow of how to make people feel sorry for you. You get in a flow on how everybody else's life is blessed and you can figure out a way to slip in your story about how nothing good ever happens to you. And everybody here is trying to social distance and party and you're over here getting everybody's face, throwing your droplets at them, talking about how crazy and messed up your life is. You're, you're just used to being a victim. And it takes courage, friends. It takes courage to shift from being a victim to being a victor. It takes courage to do that. Because when you have set up a whole life around you that is, that is built around you being a victim, and now you're going to try to grow out of that, mature out of that, change out of that, shift out of that, you're leaving something familiar for something new. Some of us are successful addicts. Some of us have friends that are successful with the drama that they bring to our lives. All they know how to do is stir stuff up, and they're always coming to you talking about that one friend that said this thing, and I, I spoke up on your behalf, but you might want to find out about them, and then you go confront that friend, you find out that's not how it went down at all. Then you go back to that first friend who has all the drama all the time, like, oh, I didn't say it like that. And all of a sudden, you got all this stuff that's been uh, stirred up in relationships that were never supposed, it was never supposed to be stirred up, but this person, they have just become so successful at pitting people against each other and, and trying to find out who you're voting for and, and why you did this and why why you said that and why you posted this and why you didn't post that. And they're just used to stirring up so much stuff. My friends, be careful of folks that are successful with drama, okay? You got you to gotta make sure you take care of that space that you have around you. Don't let folks like that too close in your life. You're like, Earl, what if I'm married to him or her? Well, that's another talk for another time. <laughs> but work it out. Keep on serving, keep on loving, and keep on praying. And being a great connect group. But you gotta, you can be successful even at things that people might, might think are bad or negative. But, but, but recognize this. Anytime God is trying to grow you, anytime God is trying to take you to another level, prepare for him to cut you. Okay? I know this might not be popular, I don't know how many amens are going in the chat right now, but I'm just telling you, anytime God is trying to take you to another level, prepare for him to cut you. Prepare for something that you were used to carrying for a long time. It's probably going to have to go. Prepare for something that you got accustomed to. Prepare for him to say, you can't have that anymore. And usually it has to do with a mindset. Sometimes it has to do with some friendships. But I'm telling you, anytime God is trying to get you to grow, he's going to cut you. Here's a verse of scripture for you. John chapter 15, verse number one. Jesus says, I'm the vine. My father is the gardener. He, he cuts every branch in me that bears no fruit and every branch that he wants to bear more fruit he prunes he cuts it 
so that it can be even more fruitful whenever you are experiencing cutting in your life. I know sometimes you want to bind the devil. I'm telling you, God has the ability to take the scissors that even the enemy might use, and he'll use those scissors and that season and that situation to bring more fruit out of your life. That's the God that we serve. But shifting, we're talking about shifting here. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, verse number 1, talking about shifting after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of none, Moses, aid, Moses, my servant is dead. It's time for you to lead. It's time for you to shift. I was thinking about uh, Joshua, this man that I respect and honor so much. He didn't do everything right, friends. He, he started off great. He, he didn't do everything right, but, but I appreciate that because I know I don't do everything right at all. But it's after the death of Moses. God is trying to take Joshua to another level of leadership. He's trying to take him to another level of influence. He's trying to take him to another platform. He's trying to pour uh, more grace and more power. As a matter of fact, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter number 34, you go back there, it talks about how Moses laid his hands on Joshua and the spirit of wisdom came into Joshua's life because Joshua was Moses' aide all those years and he's looking up at this mentor of his saying, man, you can't leave me. You can't can't go. And Moses is saying, I'm sorry. I did something God didn't want me to do. I can't go into the promised land, but you're going to have to pick up this baton for me. No, I'm, I'm learning from you. No, I can't lead these people. You've done too many great things. And Moses is like, be quiet. I'm putting my hands on you. The spirit of wisdom is going to be on the inside of you. And then Moses dies. And now it's time for Joshua to shift from being an aide to being the leader. He's got to shift from being on the side to being up front. He's got to shift from just being uh, somebody that gives a little bit of counsel to now he's the one that has to say, hey, this is the word of the Lord. He had to shift. Might be similar to you going from single to married. You got to shift. You can't, you can't think like you did when you were a single person when you're married. When you're single, you know the single people. You do everything right. Especially when you have a dog and a cat. They love everything that you do. It's not the same with a spouse. <laughs> you can't put your spouse in a kennel. <laughs> My wife has tried to put me in a kennel so many times. You cannot put your, your spouse in a kennel. You, 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 cannot, you cannot grab your spouse by the collar and tell them just to go to the bathroom outside. There's a lot of stuff you cannot do. Matter of fact, you shouldn't do that to your dog or your cat either. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, you got to shift. If you're used to being peers, having a group of friends that all of you just hang out, but now you're asked to be a leader in the church. You got to shift. Because when we're all buddies and we could, we could talk and maybe your language could just be a little bit off, but now you don't just represent you. Now you represent something bigger than you. So now you have to shift and now your friends go, oh, now you think you're big and bad. Oh, you think you're this. No, no, I'm just trying to go into my next season. Why are you trying to keep me in my old season? Let me shift. Let me change. Let me transform. Let me grow. Let me transfer. Moses is dead. That old man, that old woman is dead. I'm just trying to become who God is calling me to be. I'm not going to get it right all the time. I'm not trying to look down on anybody else. But I do know I'm not staying in Deuteronomy when God's trying to bring me to Joshua. I'm not trying to stay over here wandering when God's trying to bring me into a promised land. I can't stay stuck in Egypt when God says, I've got Canaan for you. I'm telling you, you got to be willing to shift. 
Let's keep on going here. It gets all the way down to verse number nine. You ever want a great verse to memorize? Here's a great one. God is talking to Joshua saying, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, uh, uh, go, go with me to verse number 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He says, hey, so, so Joshua now is leading. He's got his officers. He's got, he's got his cabinet. He's got his, his crew around him saying, hey, I need you guys. I can't go talk to everybody. I, th- th- there's too many people. I've got to delegate some authority here. Like Moses had delegated authority to me, now I'm going to delegate some authority to you. So I need you officers to say to the people what I'm saying to you. Don't change the message. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Because three days from now, you might cross the Jordan. Nope. You will cross the Jordan. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan. Three days from now, you will enter into your promised land. Three days from now, you will enter into your promise. Three days from now, you will enter into your breakthrough. Three days from now, you will enter into your new season. Three days from now, you will enter into the promises that God has had for you, stored up for generations. You will walk into the prayers that your grandmother or your great-grandmother prayed. Three three days from now, you will receive the inheritance that I have for you. Can I encourage your heart for just a second, letting you know that the God of heaven has some things that might that that are not mites they are wills in your life they are things that will happen single people let me encourage you for a second you're like man I'm never gonna be married I'm telling you if God's got them for you he might be in India right now but he'll get them to you some of you are like just going to e-harmony right now looking for Indians go ahead and do that my pastor told me my pastor told me You go, I'm telling you, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. He will, he will, he will, he will. So he says, he will, you will cross the Jordan here. I wish I had time to preach that here, okay? I don't have time. But just so you know, it was not an ideal situation. It was that flood stage, the spot where they were going to be walking in. It wasn't ideal, but God still said here. When it doesn't look ideal, I'm still going to work a miracle here. But that's for another time. To go in and take possession of the land. Take possession of the land. Take possession of the land. The Lord your God is giving you for your own. I want for, for a second here... Talk about tension, just for a second. Uh, I want to talk about tension because God here says to the people, you're going to go in and you will take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Other times, the scriptures read, the Lord your God has already given it to you. So there's like these two things going on. He has given it to you. And he will give it to you. It, um, my, my dad sent me a text the other day. He said, hey, son, send me your social security number. Because I'm, I'm working on my credit. No, he didn't say that at all. <laughs> dad, you're watching right now. You didn't say that, dad. You didn't say that. <laughs> he said, send me your social security number because I'm working on my will. Now, I don't know what's in it. 
And dad, I want you to live a long life, but hook a brother up. <laughs> so he's saying, I'm going to write your name next to some things that are yours, but you don't have them yet, but they're yours. So there's this tension, there's this in-between, and I'm just telling you, I'm okay to be in the in-between. And too many times in this journey of faith, this following of Jesus, we always want to get rid of the tension. Here, here's a tension. We say God is good and bad things happen. It's a tension. We say God loves you exactly the way you are. And God wants to transform you and he wants to shift you into who he destined for you to be. It's a tension. We say, we say that, that God controls everything. And we say your decisions matter. It's a tension. In life, we're used to living in the tensions. Even my little five-year-old daughter, our little five-year-old daughter, watches these crazy YouTube shows that have 485 million views with the most random person doing the most random things with the random outfits, but they keep on watching. But even in those little videos, there's some tension, even for a five-year-old. Because this tension, it's a part of the story of life. Stop trying to get rid of the tension. Don't say, hey, God, I thought you said that was mine. Why do I have to fight for it? I'm telling you here in the Bible, God said it was theirs, but they still had to fight. It was a tension, but they got to enter into what God has for them. Let me keep on going here. Let me keep on going. Verse 12. We're just walking through the verses here. We're just walking through the verses. But, but... To the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said something different. So here is God speaking to Joshua. Joshua is now speaking to some of God's kids. And to one group, he says, you're about to go in and possess this land. But to another group, he's about to tell them something different. Um... My kids, oh, parents, you know this, the whole fair thing, fair, fair. It's not 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 fair. Those of you who have babies right now, I want you to relish this time. I want you to relish it, okay, because they don't talk back at all. They cry. They poop a lot. But, man, just hold them. Just hold them, and you can tell them whatever you want. Say, be quiet. And they just they, they listen for the most part, okay? You say, sit here. But well, it can't go anywhere in four months, okay? So they're just sitting right there. But there's a day, there's a day, these beautiful human beings, they start talking back to you, okay? And your patience is tested. <laughs> You're like, Lord, I'm saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. Please make sure I don't send this child back to the, you, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So my, uh, my kids walk in the other day and L. Our daughter has a, uh, has a tea party with mom. So sweet. Little, little, little tea dishes set up, little tea dishes set up everywhere. It's so beautiful. Little, little croissants, not even little croissants, the big croissants, massive. Got a little tart sitting over here and it's got all this fruit on the top of it. I mean, it's just set up beautifully. And here's Elle, our five-year-old, sitting with her beautiful mom. And here comes in one of our other kids. 
No fair. No fair. I'm not telling you which kid it is. I'm not telling you which kid it is, okay? No fair. I don't have a tea party. Boy, you don't want a tea party? <laughs> no fair. I said, this is perfect because I already had this note in my sermon. I'm like, Lord, you're blessing me with sermon material right here in my house. <laughs> Sometimes my five-year-old wants to stay up as late as my 15-year-old. I'm just saying I say different things to different kids based on the season that the different kids are in. Now, there are some things that are true for all my kids. Thanksgiving and be, being polite and, and being loved and, and being cared for. There's some stuff that being respectful, all that stuff is consistent for all of them. But some of them, I'll say something specific to you and I'll say something specific to you and I say something specific to you because I understand what I have set aside for you. I understand what you can handle in this particular season. So when God tells you don't date for six months, that might not be a word for everybody that this might be a word for you. When God says, hey, I need you to stop consuming so much media because it's making you poisonous on the inside, that might just be for you. That might not be for everybody. Are you okay? Are you okay with your loving heavenly father looking at your life and giving you specific details for the, excuse me, the specific season that you are in, even though it looks as if he has given somebody else some other directives? Not fair. No, friends, it doesn't need to be fair because he's faithful. So what he's doing is he's preparing you properly. So now to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, he's about to say something different. He says, remember, verse 13, the command that Moses, a servant of the Lord, gave you. After he said, the Lord, your God, will give you rest by giving you this land. Okay? It goes all the way back to Numbers chapter 32. Those of you who like to dig into the scriptures a little bit more, you can go back and refer to this moment right here. Moses and all the children of Israel have been wandering. And these folks come to Moses and say, hey, we want this land because you know the type of leaders we are. You know the type of flocks that we have. We need you to give us this land. And Moses like actually gets kind of upset with them because he thinks that they're trying to keep the children of Israel out of the promised land. So here on the east side of the Jordan is one thing. You know what? Let me go like this because you're watching me. East side of the Jordan, Jordan River, other side is the promised land. They say, we want this land, Jordan River, promised land. In Numbers chapter 32, God says, okay, you can have this land. Now watch this. Verse 14, your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them. I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm paint this picture here, okay? Let me paint this picture. There's a, there's a group of people, God's kids, 
and they ask for this land here, God gives it to them years earlier. Years earlier, they have their possession. Now everybody shows up and they're about to enter into the promised land. But these people here already have their land. Everybody else's land is on the other side. So now they already have theirs. You might think that God says, since you have yours, you're good. You don't have to fight. Since you have yours, sit back and relax. Since you've got your blessing, since you've got your marriage, since you've got your business, since you have your church, since you have your friends, go ahead, sit back, relax. You just get to chill. Let these other people go over. But God says, hey, 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 I gave you a blessing. I gave you something and I did not give you something so you could just sit on it. As a matter of fact, I need you now to be willing to get up from your resting spot and I need you to be willing to go across this Jordan River and I need you to fight on behalf of your brothers and sisters. I know there's too many of us right now that we think since we're good, the world's good. We think that since I've got mine, everybody has theirs. And I'm telling you, you having yours is not enough. You having yours is not enough. If you think I got mine and that's enough, then that's not kingdom thinking. That's earthly thinking. And I need you to be thinking kingdom. I need you to be thinking Jesus. I need you to be thinking his way, not your way. And he says, hey, I need you right now, friends. I need you. I know God gave you your land. I know you've got your inheritance. I know you received your blessing. I know God has answered your prayers. I know he has done all of this for you. But now what I need you to do is I need you to get all your fighting men and women. Shout out to the ladies. I need you to get all the fighting men and I need every single one of the fighting men and the fighting women to be ready for battle. Put that in the chat. Ready for battle. I need you to be ready for battle. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So I'm praying that we'd be a church that is ready in season and out to share this gospel, to share his love, to share his power, to share his joy. I'm praying that we're not a church that would just sit down on our hands and be like, oh, I got what I need. I'm happy. I'm blessed. I got my group. I got my friends. And that must be enough. No, as a matter of fact, God says, I need you to get all your fighting men. I need you to get ready for battle. As a matter of fact, I need you, I need you to go ahead. I need you to go ahead of your fellow Israelites. Like if you have yours, that means you're supposed to be a leader in this fight. If you have revelation, if you have understanding of the grace of God, if you understand what it means to be sanctified, if you understand what it means to be justified, if you understand what giving is all about, if you understand what love is all about, I'm tired of Christians telling me they got a whole lot of head knowledge, but they're not willing to go ahead and fight for anybody. I'm not interested in you just having your stuff and sitting there. I need some people that are willing to rise up, get out of their comfort zone and shift and go ahead and fight for somebody else. I'm going to fight for somebody else. It's interesting to me how when it comes to blessings, we want the front of the line. When it comes to fighting, we slip to the back of the line. 
We're not going to be that kind of church. We're not going to be that kind of church that just when everything is easy, we want to jump to the front. But the second things get a little bit dicey, second things get a little bit uncomfortable, like, okay, put the finger up. That's what you do in a black church. Put your finger up. You walk out because the finger up means nobody can see you. you. You become invisible immediately when you put the one finger up. We, we need some people that are like, oh, man, God, you bless me. I'm looking at all you've done in my life. I'm looking at how you've taken care of me. I'm looking at how you provided for me. So, God, I'm asking you now to break my heart for the things that break your heart. I'm asking you now, God, to, to light a fire on the inside of me that will not allow me to stay stagnant and to stay complacent. I pray, oh, God, that you would shift me from my, my place of comfort and bring me into a place of purpose. I'm asking you, oh, God, to do something in me that I cannot do in myself. Light a fire within my soul. May my heart, may my mind, may my life, may all of it be consumed by your glory and your grace. May I not live for my glory, but may I live for your. I ask God that I would decrease and that you would increase. I pray that my life would be used for your glory and your fame. I pray that when people look at me, they would think about you. I pray that your love would be so filled up on the inside of me, poured out into me by the Holy Spirit, that I just can't help but get Holy Spirit droplets on everybody. I can't help but when people are around me, that they experience your goodness and your love and your power and your grace and your mercy and your truth. I pray, oh God, that you use me for your glory. Get me up for my spot. And let me go ahead. Let me go ahead. But for how long? How long? How long now do I go ahead? How, how long do I go and fight? How, how long am I supposed to be willing to be uncomfortable? How long? Well, he answers. He answers verse 15. He says, you are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you. How long? Oh, it tells you. Until, until they get the rest that you have over here. And not only that, there's another until. <laughs> and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, <laughs> you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunshine. How long do you have to fight? You're going to have to fight until everybody else gets the rest that you have. How long do you have to pray? Until the world experiences the love of God that you've been able to experience. How long might we need to fast? Until this world understands that God's not mad at them but sent his one and only son to die on their behalf. How long do I keep on giving until, until sex trafficking is ended? How long do I keep on fighting until racism and sexism has been torn down? How long do I keep on trusting you, God, until this world understands that the God of heaven is for them and not against them and that the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword and can get into the soul of every heart, of every man, of every teenager, of every old person, of every young person? How long are we going to keep on fighting? We're going to 
keep on praising. We're going to keep on praying until heaven comes to earth. That's how long. That's how long. How long until? 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 So we get to choose. Are we going to be the type of church that is just content with the blessing that God has given us? Or will we get up from where we are, go on ahead of those who have not yet received the blessing and fight on their behalf? I'm ready for a fight. I don't know about y'all. I'm ready. A little MMA action. I'm ready. I'm ready to get in there. I'm ready to grapple. I'm ready to do what I need to do. Parents, you've already been doing this with your kids and, and friends. I hope you're already doing this with your other friends and boyfriends. I hope you're fighting not with but on behalf of your girlfriend. And girlfriends, I hope you're not fighting with but on behalf of your boyfriends. This is why I don't want you sleeping around. This is why you don't want to be tearing other people down. This is why you don't want your words coming out of your mouth to be divisive. This is why you and I want to make sure we're not stabbing people in the back because that's not fighting on behalf of people. That's fighting against people. But what we are doing, we're the ones that go ahead and we pave a path to say, hey, this land can be yours. This can be yours. This can be yours. Reality is, and I'm done here, this is what Jesus did for you and for me. Because Jesus had his. He did not think equality with God something to be grasped, Philippians tells us. But he made himself nothing, taking on the nature of a servant. And he was found in the likeness of man. And he enters into our world. And Jesus goes ahead for every one of us. Fights sin, death, hell, and the grave on our behalf. When he already had complete victory, he chooses to go ahead for every single one of us. Paves a way, gets the land for us, and then he returns back. And right now he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for you and for me. It's what Jesus has done. And if we're going to be followers of Jesus, this is what you and I do as well. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, you've never become a follower of Jesus. You never made him first. You never made him number one in your life. But you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first in my life anymore. I want him to be first. I, I don't want to be in charge of my life. I want him to be in charge. I'm going to ask you in this moment to respond to the grace of God. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. This is you surrendering your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And what you're going to do is just put your hand over your heart right now. It's me leading you in vows. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ are God's vows to you. Now this is you giving your vows to him. So repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Of all my sins, I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you so much, church.